Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here once again by Drew Silva. Drew, how's it going? Good, man. It's it's been raining in St. Louis for like two weeks straight. I'm gonna have to invest in a canoe soon um, <laughs> to make my escape because every, everything's flooding. Uh, seriously, it's been it's been overcast and at least raining or or storming for like two weeks, man. It's it's bad. I mean, the Cardinals have had three rainouts on their current homestand and their game on Thursday night might get rained out too. Well, it's been a beautiful day in New York, but I think the rain is coming our way this weekend. (laughs) So I guess we're getting what you had. Um, But yeah, I I really can't complain, uh, at least from a weather perspective. Um, But yeah, the Mets are a different story. Um, (laughs) But we'll get into that here in a second. But uh, before we do, just a reminder to Listen to the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcast or Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Audio Boom, etc. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review the show as well. That really goes a long way toward more people finding the show. So anything you could do would be awesome. We'd appreciate it. All right, let's kick things off here with a couple of significant pitcher injuries. We'll start with the Noah Syndergaard situation. Coming off biceps tendonitis a week ago when we did this show, we didn't think there was any way he was going to make that start uh, last Sunday, but there he was back on the back on the mound after refusing to take an MRI. The Mets started him anyways, and that turned out to be a very costly gamble. Syndergaard gave up five runs before leaving in the second inning with what turned out to be a partial tear of his right lat muscle. Syndergaard was scheduled to fly out to Los Angeles on Wednesday to receive a second opinion on the injury, but... Joel Sherman in the New York Post reported that the conservative estimate has him missing about three months. That would place his return somewhere in August, uh, potentially. So that's just a brutal blow to the Mets' chances and also to fantasy owners who invested an early pick on him this spring. I mean, most drafts I did, Syndergaard was a second-round pick. So that's that's tough to recover from. Yeah, he was like a top 15 guy in, yeah. in industry leagues. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I guess... You know, I'd try to find a way to hold out for Syndergaard's return if you own him. I don't think you would drop him, just outright drop him. Uh, probably keep him stashed in a DL spot. But um, with all the DL activity in the early part of the season, we've seen it with the 10-day DL, that, that could admittedly be a challenge. I'm not sure I would advocate trading for him unless you're getting him for really next to nothing. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm almost kind of writing him off for this year um, you know, thinking about the next three months and how, how to find a replacement um, for him on my rosters. I, I do have, have him in two of my leagues. Um, I, I, I worry about, like, 
him being rushed back because the Mets seem to do that a lot. Because the Mets, that's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a big boy, and that's a big lat muscle. And um, I, I don't know. I I I'm not very very high on on his outlook for 2017. Obviously, I'll, I'll say this though. I think he's a better dice roll than maybe Madison Bumgarner um, with the with yeah. the shoulder injury. I, I mean, shoulder injuries scare me. That could be, you know, a career altering kind of situation for him i think Syndergaard's going to come back and at least be close to himself i'm a little more worried about bumgarner in that way so i think Syndergaard's a better dice roll if you want to you know make a trade and stash him in a dl spot but he's a lottery ticket i think you're right anything you get from him would really be a bonus um, we've talked about the the we think that league like standard yahoo leagues should add three should have three dl spots no doubt i i think we'll see that next year i really do yeah um, the other, so, so that you, you can stash a guy like that, and you can also deal with guys that are just going to be gone for ten days. Yeah, I think it's perfectly reasonable. I think it. I think it'll happen. I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah. The, the other big pitching injury is Cole Hamels with the Rangers. Uh, you want to get us started on that one? Yeah, he was a late scratch from his scheduled start Tuesday night in Houston after experiencing experience a pinch in his right side while warming up in the bullpen. And an MRI taken Wednesday back in Arlington, Texas, revealed a right oblique strain. Word from the Rangers is that he's going to miss at least eight weeks, Oof. which means this is a pretty significant strain. Um, so, so, you know, sometimes oblique injuries are, are four-week injuries, but this is clearly something a little more serious than, than than a normal oblique strain. It's awful news for the Rangers, who entered play Thursday with a record of 11-17 and 17 and an eight-game deficit behind that first-place Astros in the American League West. Hamels has never missed more than three weeks in his major league career, and he had logged seven straight 200-plus inning seasons between 2010 and 2016. Um, he had a 3.30 ERA through five starts this season, looking like his usual self. The strikeout rate wasn't really there yet, but it's a small sample. Um, Alex Claudio filled in for Hamels on Tuesday night against the Astros, but he has since returned to a bullpen role. A.J. Griffin was activated from the disabled list Thursday, so the Rangers don't really have to scramble for another starter, but obviously that rotation looks a lot worse without Hamels in it. Yeah, definitely takes a hit there. Um, I, I was kind of down on Hamels coming into this year, just another full year in the American League uh, in the AL West there, uh, just with the league switch and everything. He's not in that upper echelon of pitchers anymore at this point, um, So, but still more of a challenge to replace Syndergaard than Hamels, obviously. I don't have to say that. And you're not going to be able to replace Noah Syndergaard on your staff. But uh, went through some widely available arms, starting pitchers you might be able to grab on your waiver wire. And actually put all three of these guys in waiver wired on Thursday. Um, all available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Red Sox left-hander Eduardo Rodriguez. Athletics right-hander Jesse Hahn. And Braves right-hander Mike Fultonevich. My question to you, Drew, is who would you grab first in a mixed league? I like Rodriguez. Um, yeah. I think he, he should be owned in most mixed leagues at this point. I agree. Worked worked uh, six innings of one-run ball with nine strikeouts in his last start Sunday against the defending World Series champion Cubs. He has a 2.70 ERA with 31 strikeouts and 23 and a third innings this season. The walk rate is a little bit concerning. But I like his overall fantasy upside more than Han or Fulte. Han is probably the safest short-term bet for like ERA and WHIP purposes, but 
he's never pitched more than 100 innings in a season at the MLB level. So we'll see how he holds up. Fulty, for me, is more of a streamer. Um, he's getting by on his fastball so far, um, but I, I expect that ERA to regress back near four as we roll along. He he doesn't really have like a third pitch. A pretty good fastball slider guy, but yeah, um, I, I just I'm not that that high on him at this point. And we don't know how that stadium's going to play all year. It certainly looks like it plays really cozy. It's going to be a, a yeah. hitter friendly ballpark. So you know, making half of his starts in that ballpark that could be harder than we originally anticipated, but. I'm I'm with you on Rodriguez, and actually I was looking at the swinging strike percentage. He actually ranks among the league leaders so far. He's he's right behind Jordan Montgomery with the Yankees, which is another surprise. But other big names in that category: Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, Danny Salazar, Chris Sale. So really names you'd expect. Really good company for Rodriguez. So I, I was surprised to see him out there and still as many at leagues as as he is. It's over fifty percent of leagues. I think this is really your last chance to go out there and grab him. He feels like an obvious breakout candidate to me. Yeah, I think he had some health concerns coming into the coming into spring training, but you know it was his knee, and his knee seems to be holding up fine. So, um, I, yeah, I think it's full speed ahead for him. All right, let's move over to the first place Nationals, who were dealt quite the blow last Friday when Adam Eaton was injured at, in a play at first base. It looked like maybe it was an ankle injury at first, but it turns out he has an ACL tear in his left knee as well as a meniscus tear in the knee and also a high ankle sprain. The timetable is six to nine months, so he's done for the year. Just a brutal loss there. Of course, the Nationals traded some of their top pitching prospects to acquire Eaton during the offseason, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez among them. Uh, the Nationals paid a high price there, but Eaton was playing really well in the early going, was hitting 297, 393 on base percentage through 23 games, so really thriving in the table setter role that we really all expected uh, him to fill there. Uh, but now the Nationals will have to get by without him. Michael A. Taylor getting the first crack at playing time in center field right now with the Nationals. And he's worth paying attention to in deeper mixed leagues. Came into Thursday's action with a 229, 280, 361 career batting line. So we know there's obvious flaws in his game, in his approach, but there's some power speed appeal here. He had 14 homers and 16 steals as a regular back in 2015. Yeah, and T Taylor went two for two with two walks and two stolen bases on Thursday afternoon against the Diamondbacks. Um, he's, you know, he was a consensus top 60, top 50 prospect back in 2015 after batting 304 with a 915 OPS, 23 homers and 37 stolen bases. You can see why he's a super yeah. toolsy guy, super athletic player, and had that pop and speed in the minors. So he's always been interesting. And now he'll he'll get another chance to to put his stamp on a regular role. Um, I, yeah, I mean the, the injury for Eden is just brutal. Like you said, the Nash or the Nationals gave up three of their top pitching prospects, Giolito Lopez, and 2016 first rounder Dane Dunning, who's off to a really good start this year in, in high A ball. Um, I, the bright side, I guess, with this is that a big part of the reason the Nationals were so attracted to Eden is because he has a very team-friendly contract, which could potentially run through 2021 if all the options are picked up and contains only $18.4 million in salary guarantees, um, including his $4 million salary for this season. I, I wonder about the long-term impact of these leg injuries. He'll be 29 years old when, when he arrives at spring training next year. Um, and a lot of his game is, you know, through his legs. But um, I, 
I just, you know, I don't, I don't know what the Nationals are going to do. They'll, they'll rely on Taylor and hope that he can find some consistency. Um, if, if we're talking about fantasy-wise, how to replace a guy like that, uh, w- one person that sticks out to me is Delino DeShields Jr., um, who's uh, currently owned in 9% of Yahoo leagues last time I checked right before we started recording. Um, Rangers manager Jeff Bannister told reporters in late April that Ryan Rua was going to get a shot at the club starting left fielder, but that plane was scrapped pretty quickly, and now that spot like definitely belongs to the Shields, who has also taken over as the Rangers' primary leadoff man with Carlos Gomez batting two, two thirty three with a three sixteen on base percentage through 27 games. I'm among the fantasy owners, many of them who have been burned by the Shields in the past, but he has five stolen bases in 17 games this season, and I think there's a high probability for a lot of runs scored if he's able to stick at leadoff. Um, if, you, if you need a little speed and some runs scored like Eaton was providing, that's not a terrible option who, who can be had you know, just with a waiver wire pickup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has some speed and on-base ability, and, and we've seen it from him before. Last season was was poor. It was a step back for him, but uh, certainly an interesting guy and someone who's out there in about 90% of Yahoo leagues right now. Some sort of shallow league options right now. You mentioned Carlos Gomez already off to a kind of a slow start. Randall Gritchick off to a slow start as well. We know he has the power. Uh, Jason Hayward has shown some signs of turning things around. Cody Bellinger, surprisingly, still available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. And it looks like there's at least a chance that he could stick around when Jock Peterson returns from the DL. We're hearing Adrian uh, Gonzalez is banged up. Who knows? Maybe that can turn out to be a DL situation and Bellinger sticks around. So I wouldn't give up on Bellinger quite yet. I mentioned Scott Shebler in Waiver Wired on Thursday. He's showing a lot of power uh, early this season, increasing the fly ball rate, plays in a hitter-friendly ballpark. I think he's interesting. Josh Bell with the Pirates, eligible between first base and the outfield, brings some uh, power and patience. He's been hitting second in the Pirates order against right-handers. I think he hit fifth on Wednesday night, so good spots there. Aaron Altair with the Phillies. I think he's has a good chance to stick, you know, stick around in that lineup even after Howie Kendrick comes back from the DL. Um, so the, a lot of options widely available. I think Eaton's going to be easier easier to replace than you think. Whether you need an outfielder or a speed option. Yeah, another one is Josh Harrison, who's mostly been a frustrating fantasy commodity over the last two years after his breakout season in 2014. Um, some steals, but next to no power and a pretty weak overall batting line. But um, he's been a popular waiver wire ad over the last week, and I think the renewed fantasy attention is warranted. He has five or four home runs, two doubles, and eight RBIs over his last seven games, suddenly batting 308 with a 912 OPS in 104 total plate appearances this season. Um, there's little evidence to suggest that he can keep the, the power output going, but He's taken over at leadoff in the Pirates lineup since Adam Frazier landed on the DL with a strained hamstring. And I think he could stay there when Frazier returns if he continues to get on a, on base at a decent clip over the next week, week or so. The last update on Frazier was that he's nearing a minor league rehab assignment, but there's nothing official on that yet. Um, we, we know Harrison was named an all-star back in 2014 with a 315 batting average, 13 homers, and 18 steals. Even through his struggles in 2015 and 2016, the batting average was pretty good. And like I said before, the steals were there. He has two stolen bases so far this year, along with 12 runs scored. 
currently eligible at second base and third base only in Yahoo leagues, but I think there's a chance he could pick up outfield eligibility as the season rolls along. Mm-hmm. There will be playing time available to him out there while Starling Marte continues to serve out his 80-game PED suspension. Yeah, I think even second base, third base eligibility is still useful. I, as sure. I've said in previous weeks, like with so many DL moves, I think having these guys you can plug in at multiple spots is is really more valuable than it's than it's been in the past. So yeah, again, yeah. if you're looking for another speed option, Harrison makes a ton of sense there. Um, all right, so we have to talk about some Yankees topics. The first place Yankees. Um, where should we start here? Yeah, we've we got a lot of notes on the Yankees, um, who entered play Thursday with one of the best records in the league at 17-9. and nine. Um, Let's touch on Aaron Judge first, who slugged his major league leading 13th home run on Wednesday night, becoming the youngest player in history to reach that total in his team's first 26 games. He's also the only right-handed hitting outfielder to slug 13 homers in his team's first 26 games, age not being a factor since Willie Mays, who did it for the Giants in 1964. Um, as we record here on Thursday night, Judge is on pace for 81 home runs and 168 RBIs. Sounds you take about right. Yeah, you taking the over or the under on those? Uh, at, this, <laughs> at this rate, he's homering every day, so I might take the over, actually. I, I f- we've talked about him in every podcast that we've done this year so far. But I have nothing more to say other than the dude is a monster. I mean, he really is. I mean, you know, I think we've all we were all hoping that he would take take the strikeouts to sort of a more reasonable level, and he's striking out in twenty six percent of his plate appearances, and you can definitely live with that. Um, yeah. And we know the exit velocity, hard hit rates are are through the roof. Um, certainly possible that just as judges adjusted now, that pitchers will do the same thing. But uh, I certainly think he's the real deal. You can't fake the way that he squares up a baseball. Um, it's been a lot of fun to watch him so far. I also want to touch on Matt Holliday, who slugged a three-run shot on Wednesday for his 300th career home run. He has a 915 OPS with five home runs and 18 RBIs in 24 games this season for the Yankees. Also has 16 walks in those 24 games and an on-base percentage of 389. Uh, Holiday could be had late in drafts this spring. His Yahoo ADP was 207.6. And I like him to continue producing at a high-level clip as the Yankees' primary DH. Durability shouldn't be as much of an issue as it was in his final years in St. Louis. And he's obviously taken to the smaller ballparks of the American League East. Um, I think he's just in a really good spot to, to keep it up. Yeah, he's he felt like an obvious guy, a, a nice rebound guy. Um, I mm-hmm. felt it was a great situation for him to go to the Yankees there. I targeted him in a lot of leagues, uh, especially like on-base percentage formats, and, and so far looks really good. I have no idea if he's going to hold up physically, but I think the DH spot gives him that chance. And the Yankees lineup is a lot better than I think we expected. Um, that's another reason why I like D.D. Gregorius uh, returned from the DL last week. Um, had a breakout year last year, had 20 homers, 70 RBIs. Um, could be a nice fit in a middle infield spot, especially with this lineup being deeper than we expected. I think he's going to continue to have value, even though I don't think he's probably going to hit 20 homers again. Yeah, so the Yankees have all that going for them, and they're about to get catcher Gary Sanchez back from the disabled list. Sanchez has gone 5 for 13 with two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs on his three-game minor league rehab assignment at AAA. And he's on track to be activated Friday for the start of a big three-game weekend series at Wrigley Field. 
uh, that that is welcome news, obviously, for fantasy owners like me who spent a lot of high draft picks on the 24-year-old slugger this spring. He was batting just 150 through his first 21 plate appearances this season, but obviously it's a very small sample size, and I don't think we even need to, to discuss what his offensive potential is moving forward. Uh, he had 20 home runs, 42 RBIs, and 53 games last year. Finished second in the AL Rookie of the Year balloting. Um, I, I think he's going to come back and, and start ripping it up. Yeah, my, my Yahoo Friends and Family League team has been missing him in a big way. I also drafted Trey Turner, Yuana uh, Cespedes, Noah Syndergaard. So I'm, I'm, dying. Oh. I'm dying in that <laughs> league right now. Uh, so getting anything from Sanchez would be a huge boost for me. Um, all right, let's get to the mailbag. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so our first question is from NHLBoy71 on Twitter. Uh, has MLB questions from the NHL boy. Uh, he, he asked, what do you think of Twins prospect Jose Barrios? Will he be a top-tier starting pitcher? High value? Question mark. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that NHL could stand for something else. It could. It could. It's very uh, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to look into that. <laughs> and there was some thought that Berrios might get called up to start Saturday against the Red Sox, um, but Nick Tepish is going to take that spot and set, instead. Uh, manager Paul Molitor announced on Thursday. I think the Twins are a little gun shy on Berrios after he put up a 8.02 ERA over his fir- first 14 major league starts last season. But I mean, the early returns this year at AAA Rochester have been promising to say the least. He has a 1.09 ERA. 0.79 whip and 35 to 8 K to walk ratio over 33 innings. That's covering five starts, uh, showing better command of his fastball, which had been an issue, and working deeper into games, which also been an issue. Uh, he went eight, eight innings last time out at Rochester and had another eight inning outing in mid-April. Um, I don't expect Tepish to stick around long. Uh, maybe just that one start before the, the Twins make a change there. It's also notable that they option Kyle Gibson to AAA Rochester just before we started recording. Um, Gibson struggled again Thursday against the lowly A's. I think his ERA is like in the high eights. So there's there's a spot for Berrios already. Um, and I do think he can be a valuable fantasy starter um, You know, in his second tour through the major leagues. Calling him a top-tier starter for 2017 would be pushing it. But you want to bet on upside, and he's young, and he's got it. Yeah, I, I don't know what else he has to prove in the minors at this point. Um, I kind of think they need to see what they have with him, but I think it makes sense that what you were saying, they're a little bit gun-shy about giving him another chance after what happened last year. Um, you know, He's been known for having good control in the minors, but he walked 35 batters and gave up 12 homers in just 58 and a third innings last season. So um, maybe a little shy about that, but I think it's time to just stick him in the rotation and really give him a chance. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think he would be a must own right away in mixed leagues. Um, I mean, that's the way it is with a lot of young pitchers. I think he qualifies sort of as a wait and see, uh, let's really see how he does over his first couple of starts, uh, see if he's really improved. But, uh, I do still think there's reason for excitement even after his rough introduction last year. I don't think we should forget about him at all. Maybe he has some post hype appeal at this point. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those questions like it depends what your roster looks like. Um, if you need pitching and, you know, you don't you have guys that you're kind of just streaming, you know, Barrios is a guy that is probably worth you know stashing. Um, 
I, I think he'll be up soon. Uh, maybe maybe early next week. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it was pretty pretty quick. Um, and while we're on the topic of the Twins, I was going to mention Byron Buxton earlier with outfielders, but he left Thursday's game, uh, collided with the center field fence. I didn't see the play. Did you see the play? I I didn't see that one, but he banged into the wall. I think three different times today. Okay, um, tr- trying to track down balls. It was just like an an ugly day um, for him defensively. But I, yeah, he passed his initial round of concussion tests, and they're calling it precautionary. So I think he'll be fine. He had started to turn it on. Um, yeah, that's, that's certainly an option if you're trying to to replace Eaton. Yeah, I think so too. He was piling up the strikeouts at really a ridiculous pace earlier in the season, but. Uh, he's shown a better approach in the past basically week and a half, looked a lot better at the plate, more walks and strikeouts recently, hit his first homer of the season Tuesday. We know he has the speed. Uh, he's still hitting ninth in the Twins order right now. I don't know if he hit ninth on Thursday. I didn't see that, uh, but he's mostly been hitting ninth. Um, but if he keeps turning things around, he'll get a promotion in that order again, probably closer to the middle of the lineup. So I wouldn't give up on him either. I think if you lost Adam Eaton, another name to consider there. Um, okay, let's move on to our second question, and this is from Too Much Tuma on Twitter. He asks, "Would you trade Evan Longoria and Matt Wieters for Anthony Rendon and Kyle Schwarber?" Interesting trade there. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I like all those guys. Um, I, I think it's a pretty fair trade, but I like the Rendon and Schwarber side a little bit more. I think you're selling high on Waiters and buying low on Schwarber. I, I like that element. I do actually like Waiters quite a bit in the Nationals lineup, and he's been very good so far. But give me Schwarber over the next five months. Um, yeah, that, I, I would side with that that end of the deal. Yeah, I mean, Rendon, outside of his ridiculous game over the weekend against the Mets, um, he's had a slow start, and Schwarber's been a disappointment so far. So you're buying low on those two guys. Waiters off to a good start. Um, and I expect him to continue to be valuable. Um, but I liked Rendon over Longoria coming into the year. Uh, and keep in mind that Longoria has been dealing with some foot soreness recently. And he actually recently compared it to plantar fasciitis he dealt with in 2013. So that's not a good sign. That sort of scares me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in regard to Schwarber, um, you know, I think his upside is still superior to Weeders from a power perspective, obviously. Batting average is low. He was sitting at 190 coming into Thursday's action, but he's actually improved his contact rate from what we've seen in the past, but he's not making as much hard contact. He's not pulling the ball as often. Um, And you have to wonder, maybe some of that is just a change in approach since he's batting leadoff. It's possible. Um, But whatever it is, we know he still has the skills in there somewhere. Um, and it's worth banking on, assuming he qualifies at the catcher position. That's the big variable in this. I'm not sure what format he's playing in or what league he's playing in. Um, but among fantasy outfielders, I don't think Schwarber really stands out as much. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, he just like passes the eye test for me so much. Even through these struggles, like he's he's taking good at bats. Um, I, I would. I just. I, I'm I'm very high on him for the next five months. I think he's gonna he's gonna tear it up. Yeah, I mean, I think if if he if Schwarber qualifies at catcher in this yeah. format, whatever this format is, it's a no brainer deal. Um, but if if he doesn't, it's a little tougher. But I still think I'd take That's the Rend- I still think I'd take the Rendon Schwarber side just because I like Rendon more than Longoria, and I think Weeders is going to be valuable. And he's not going to blow you away. Um, but I do like him in that lineup there too. I think. I, I- 
yeah like ahead. like you said originally i think it's a pretty fair deal it's not it's not like anybody's getting taken in this deal yeah i mean i'm i'm very high on like all four of those players i, I think i would be okay with being on any side of it I, I was gonna mention earlier during um as we were getting into some yankees notes and if anyone's looking for like a a short term or maybe long term power option chris carter is is you know, back as like a regular player now with, with Greg Bird landing on the disabled list right. Tuesday with a deep right ankle bruise. Um, and he led the National League in home runs last year. He's now getting regular at bats, um, you know, regular starts at first base at Yankee Stadium and the smaller parks of the AL East. Um, it, w- worth a shot in deeper leagues if you, if you need an injection of power. And, you know, people usually need that. Uh, with Bird, um, he was kind of building fantasy hype toward the end of draft season he hit 451 with a ops over 1600 over 63 plate appearances in the grapefruit league but was off to a six for 60 start in the regular season which is a 100 batting average if you're scoring at home (laughs) um the yankees said this this ankle injury has been lingering since spring training so maybe that's uh maybe that accounts for the slow start but I, he might be a guy that I would just drop if I did draft him. And I, I, I like Carter as, as a guy that you can plug in there and hope for some dingers. Yeah, I think you can drop Bird at this point. It probably does explain some of the struggles. I think we were expecting strikeouts along with the power, but if this ankle injury has been lingering, that certainly explains it. Maybe partially the Yankees just want to give him a break, get him yeah, some at-bats in the minors, get him straightened out. Kind of a reset. Yeah, Um but you're right. I think Carter is a good short-term pickup. Um, I considered putting him in waiver wire today, but I think if he's out there and you need some power, certainly worth a shot. Yeah, I I, I didn't pick him up in any of my leagues, so I'm kind of a hypocrite. But if he's there, it's <laughs> yeah, an option for sure. Um, so that will do it for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail dot com. Again, that email address is rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any feedback on the show, any fantasy questions, if you want to submit questions for next week, you can get ahead on that there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Short. Drew is on Twitter at Drew Silve, and we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.